Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Hyperion Hub. I'm John Alois and joined by Sean Dagenhart. Aloha. <laughs> that means hello and goodbye. So we can reuse that at the end of the show. And John Redling Schaefer. Always a hard act to follow. Hi, guys. We hope you're having a great week. We like to start things off with our Disney views. But before we do that, I want to let you know that we are on all the major platforms. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, on Twitter. We're at Hub Hyperion. And we're on Instagram. You can also email us at podcast at the Hyperion Hub. Dot com, and you can also record a voice-recorded message and send that through the email as well. We have a special show this week. Let's start it off with our Disney view and throw it over to Sean. Yeah, with uh, interviewing Roly Crump for this episode, he was one of the main Imagineers responsible for It's a Small World, so I thought we would talk about our favorite country or maybe geographic region in It's a Small World. Redling Schaefer, how about you starting us off? All right, I'm going to let you in on a deep, dark secret. In 1996, where do you think I might have been? Some would say playing a baseball game in Eureka. Some may say, I don't know, maybe marching in a parade as part of a youth band group. Oh no, I was in Scotland in the World Championship Bagpipe Competition. That's right, on a different world, that's what I did every once in a while when my schedule would allow. I could actually show you the bagpipes. They're sitting in the closet right next to me. Maybe really. The, maybe the the recording, the Zoom recording, is having some internet hits. You said bagpipe competition. F first off, plural bagpipes. Let's get it right. You uh, only need one. <laughs> oh no, no, you got to have three. You have tenor drones and and everything else. But the point is, that's clearly certainly a sound that that hits my ear as soon as we get into europe there i see the guards there at the tower of london then up over on the top of a castle is a bagpiper who's still prominent in the final scene as well so brings me back to some fond memories growing up as a child uh, more as a teenager um, some wonderful opportunities that my family and i got to experience awesome well i'm half irish half italian so when i see the shamrocks and i see the uh the um leaning tower of pisa when we come around that corner inside it's a small world it gives me a great feeling i love seeing those dolls do their thing and they're pretty close to each other as well so those are my countries inside it's a small world okay i love it's a small world i remember my grandparents when they went to disneyland with their nephew you know back years ago and would come and bring us presents they brought me back a guidebook for it's a small world full of pictures of all these lands and you know the dolls and the sets and the colors and the costumes and loved it but i think my favorite is got to be the south pacific polynesian land I think the warmth of those colors and, you know, the hula dancers and the surfboards, even Lilo and Stitch in there and the tiki huts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just in the, it's a warm sound to the soundtrack, uh, just real mellow and relaxing. So I'm going to have to go with that South Pacific. I have to agree. I think, honestly, the entire ride is so cool. Yes, the song is stuck in your head for a little while after you're off of the ride. But holy cow, that last room 
once you get into all the white and the silver, it, it's all of our favorites are incorporated in there. And I, I love the fact that this is our Disney view when we get to talk to one of the main architects of a wonderful experience for all of us and our families. We have a special guest this week. He is a longtime Imagineer and former animator and author of the book, It's Kind of a Cute Story. Our first Disney legend, we are pleased to introduce Rolly Crump to the Hyperion Hub. Welcome, Rolly. Hi there. And also joining us today is Rolly's wife, Marie, and we're going to have a great conversation with you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So Rolly started at the Disney studio in 1952 and worked on animation, uh, worked on as as an assistant animator for Peter Pan and Lady and the Tramp, eventually working on Sleeping Beauty and 101 Dalmatians. Coming out of the Chouinard, the Chouinard Art Institute, what about animation was so appealing? What did Is this something you always wanted to do? Yes, yes. What did you enjoy? I animation was something I always wanted to do after seeing the Three Little Pigs when I was five. I wanted to work for that company. They left a lasting impression, huh? Yeah, it sure did. In, uh, in 1959, Walt Disney was expanding Disneyland, and he pulled Rolly out of animation and put him into Imagineering. Was this something that uh, kind of caught him off guard? Were you intimidated by that at all, Rolly? Oh, it was, it was very exciting. <clears throat> Because uh, Wed was kind of a magic land off in the distance that nobody knew where it was. I mean, it was it was very unusual. And uh, moving to it was very special because <clears throat> I really had had enough time in animation and I wanted to grow. So that was what took place. What was it like working for Walt Disney? Absolute heaven. He was the sweetest man I ever met in my life. And he treated all of us the same way. I mean, there was no no one special uh, working with him. It was just he and, and his team. And he treated everybody the same. He was absolutely a delightful, a delightful man to work for. Hey, Rolly, this is the other John. And I saw a quote of yours that, that, that was really neat. It said, Walt taught me to be confident about myself. I learned not to be intimidated by any project. It sounds like that sweetness, that that nurturing um, mentality he conveyed to you, really, really made you uh, an, an absolutely wonderful person and professional as well, huh? Yeah, he was great. We were always on the on the same level. He never was ever above anybody else. <clears throat> he never treated anybody other than he the way he treated everybody. So he, that's why we were. Now, Rolly, I was just able to read your book. Um, I got your book for Christmas and just finished it. It was very interesting. I loved how you said you were one of the few guys that would be willing to stand up to Walt and express maybe a different opinion that, you know, than the others were always yes men. How was that? Well, he taught us to be honest. Uh, He doesn't want anybody to play games with him. And he never played games with anybody else. And so he always wanted us to be honest. And, and sometimes being honest, you had to admit that something that you did wasn't right. 
which was kind of a crack up, but that that was all right too. But no, he was great. Absolutely loved to work with. What do you think you learned from Walt Disney more than anything else? What did you take from Walt Disney? What What did I learn? Well, to do your homework and to be involved uh, completely with, with what the project is that you were working on. <clears throat> and it was just great. I mean, I learned from everybody, Walt, plus everybody around, around Walt. <clears throat> and what they taught us was to uh, be honest and be truthful about what you, what you, what you're talking about. And uh, it was just, just an incredible time frame because he surrounded himself with people that he wanted around him. And he, and, he trust, and he trusted them just like they trusted him. He was a delight, an absolute delight to work with. You got to work with so many talented people. You went to the 1964 World's Fair and worked on It's a Small World and Mary Blair and Alice Davis and all the people back at WED. Can you talk about some of those talented folks that you worked with over the years? Yeah, Mark Davis, Mary Blair, John Hedge. These were absolutely delightful people to work with. You know, being uh, when you're part of a creative staff and everybody around you is creative, it's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. You're learning from everybody. One you of always the, were. <clears throat> one of the greatest attractions ever created for Disney was the Haunted Mansion. Can you tell us about that experience? Oh, boy. <laughs> Had quite a few years there. Uh, it was a marvelous experience, and it was something that Walt wanted. Once he built Disneyland, he knew that he was going to have a haunted mansion before it was even designed. He knew he wanted he wanted that. So he had. Um, <clears throat> there was quite a few people that worked on the haunted mansion on numerous times. So it was really something to kind of review all the work that had been done by all the other designers when you got it started working with it. But um, the one the one thing that was kind of interesting, uh, the ma- upper management kind of thought that the, the haunted mansion should be kind of whimsical. And Walt didn't want it whimsical. He once said, people love to be scared. So I believed that, and I, I stuck with him on the fact that everything would be, you know, kind of spooky. And it was, everything we worked on was meant to be spooky. You worked on a side project with the Haunted Mansion called the, the Museum of the Weird. Can you tell us about that story? Okay, there's a good example. Um, we were all supposed to come up with new ideas for the Haunted Mansion. And <clears throat> a lot of times, you know, your homework was what you did for, your, for yourself. And I remember seeing a film uh, to where it was really weird. It was a French uh, spooky film, a French um, mansion, uh, spooky mansion film, and and in that the uh, the the pictures talk to each other, the uh, all three three different dimensional characters, the, the sculptures that were in there uh, talk to each other. So it was all about the uh, people living in the mansion that would talk to themselves and to you, and so the whole idea was to be able to converse with those people that were in there. And uh, I did a whole bunch of <laughs> weird sketches. Uh, and, and when we had a meeting with Walt, they put all my stuff in the back of the room. 
because they didn't want the, the, the spooky stuff to be poking out there. <clears throat> so anyway, we got finished with the meeting. And um, Walt said, uh, what is this that you did, Roy? I said, I really don't know, Walt. <clears throat> I just felt that we need to get some real unusual stuff in there and kind of crazy stuff. So he said, okay, fine. He said, we'll meet first thing in the morning. So I came to work in the morning, and he was there at my desk at 6 o'clock in the morning. And he looked at me and said, well, Roy, I think I know what we're going to do. <clears throat> he said, yes. He said, well, all those crazy things that she showed me yesterday, I thought about them all night long. <clears throat> and I couldn't I couldn't sleep uh, because of that. And so I, so I said, I don't know what we're going to do with them. He said, we're going to do a museum of the weird. He said, well, you can take all the sketches that you've done and even develop them more, but keep it spooky, and we'll do that, and we'll run with it that way. <clears throat> so I was I was thrilled, because when I was meeting yesterday with Walt, all of other animators came up to me, and designers said, you know, we told you Walt didn't like what you did. And I said, I know, but I was being honest. Well, the next when I came in, and Walt took over and said, Rolling, this is, uh, we're going to do a museum of the weird. And I said, oh, wow. I said, that's great. And so that was really funny. So he told everybody that was there, we're going to take Rolling's idea of the museum of the weird, and that's what we're going to do. And then, of course, after that, everybody came to me and says, oh, we knew you thought, we thought you had a good idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of interesting. That's great. One of the things that I read about you, you were known for bringing out the best in others. Many you worked with said this about you. What's your advice for us as a coach, as a leader? How do you go about finding those individual strengths and getting people to live up to their potential? Well, like with Walt, he talked to every one of us. No one was favored. In other words, he that's why he wanted teamwork because he wanted everybody to offer their opinions. And uh, it was great because he kept an open book with all of us. And we were free to say what we wanted to say and uh, not be worried about what I we would say might bother him or whatever. But he never was bothered. <clears throat> he wanted to absorb as much about uh, the subject that he could, that we could, that we were working on. And the thing about it was he turned us loose and wanted us to have fun. Now, Roly, I read that you at one point were made the art director for Disneyland. Now, so many people pay attention to all the details throughout the park. How exciting was that to be in charge of all of those design details at Disneyland? Oh, it's great. Absolutely great. I mean, it's something that every, any artist would love to do, to be able to have the freedom just to his ideas. You wrote the book, It's Kind of a Cute Story, with Jeff Heimbook. Uh, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. That, what a great name. Can you tell us about that name? It's just, it, it probably represents you so well. Uh, I was the writer that did my book for me because every time I started telling about different things I'd work on, I'd always say, well, that was kind of a cute story. So my writer said, you know, that's a great title for the book. It's kind of a cute story. <laughs> and it was. I mean, that's exactly what came out every time because all the stories were cute. Absolutely. Marie, how long have you guys been married? Um, uh, since 2014. Oh, wow. 
That's great. How so? How long <laughs> have you known each other? That's You're... wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Oh, it's kind of a cute story. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> now I used to work at the. I worked at the studio, way back, at that time, and I met Rolly there in the '60s, actually uh, '70. And, um, and then fast forward 30 years, we met again, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's the short version. <laughs> what was it like working at the studio? By that point, Rolly was over at WED, wasn't he, or was he back and forth? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know him. Um, I started there in 65, and um, yeah, it was incredible. I, I worked at the record company and then in wardrobe and makeup uh, as a secretary. And um, yeah, it was uh, very special. It was like a little college campus at yeah. that time, wasn't it, really? Yes, it was. I think there were only about 500 people yeah. in the whole studio. Yeah. And um, it was it was very special. Yeah, it was. But a, a mutual friend introduced Rolly and I, so I, I had met him briefly. And then, um, as I said, he was having an art show in Oceanside. I live in Carlsbad, and Oceanside's the next little town. This is... Um, 30 years later, and I saw a little ad in the paper that he was having a show at this gallery in Oceanside. So I went to the gallery because the mutual friend that we had had passed away, and I wanted Rolly to know about it. So I went to the gallery, and again, here we are. <laughs> he has beautiful artwork. Uh, did you? Did you guys just spark an interest through his art? Um, I think more through this mutual friend. And mm -hmm. then, um, and, and then when I, this was in 2003 that we actually met here. Uh, and then we were together all that time and then married in 2014. But yeah, I had, uh, really had what he called a Disney room at his house. And when I saw that, I was, completely blown away by everything that he had cataloged and and everything that he had done and uh he had done his own paintings for about two years before we met yeah yeah and i said "Rolly, you have to do something with this yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. and, did and you... then came the book and then did you yeah. have, did you ever encounter Walt? You were there at the same time. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, because he used to sign off on everything related to live action film. So we were wardrobe and makeup, and he would come after you know or during the production of the motion pictures and sign off. That's fascinating. On wardrobe or whatever. It was. Yeah. What were some of those films being produced at that time? Oh, a lot of the love, Little Love Bug, mm -hmm. Herbie, the Love Bug, yep. story about the cars, mm -hmm. yeah, and bed knobs and broomsticks. And... So does Rolly, does Rolly, Rolly, do you remember working with Marie back then? No, we didn't. No, did we not. just briefly met uh, <clears throat> out at lunchtime out on the lot one day. 
as I said, and then, you know, 30 years later, and I said to him, you won't remember me, Rolly, but I'm a friend of so-and-so, and... And so when I saw her, I thought, my God, this is a gorgeous lady. How come I don't remember? I don't remember her. So I finally said, I don't remember you, me, but I do remember the fact you were gorgeous. <laughs> you are a very smart favorite. man. You are a very smart man. Smooth yeah. talker, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this has been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. It's uh this is a, a cuter Disney story than I think we originally thought. So thank you guys. And he- <laughs> thank you. He's thanking you, Ruli, for speaking with them. And um, well, it was my pleasure. Thank you, John and John and Sean. Right. Thank, thank you. you. What a pleasure it was to talk with Roly, and we got a bonus interview in there uh, when we were able to talk to his wonderful wife, Marie. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Go ahead and hit subscribe if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast@thehyperionhub.com. Have a great week, everyone. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast@thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub.